Stay tuned now for Pomo Perspective. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, my brothers and sisters. Today we have a very, very special guest for you. I'm so excited. This is my daughter, Michaela, which we say as in Pomo is Thunder Hunter. Good morning, Michaela. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited, but I'm nervous. First time, so please bear with me. Michaela's always been the one on the stage, so I've always learned from her to perform. You know, so I had that perspective of being in the audience. But lately, I've been putting myself out there on social media and some different stages, maybe speaking moments. And uh, I finally get to see your perspective, you know, that angle, looking, being on the stage, basically, and looking down into the audience. Mm -hmm. So I understand when you say nervous. Before, I would say, no, don't be nervous. Come on. But it's something you get every time, mm -hmm. right? I mean, it just... It is what it is, and you have to admit, challenge it, right? Mm -hmm. Nerves, excitement, all of the feelings. Right. What is that like? I think it depends on the setting. I think there's a difference between like a cheer competition, which I would do mm. often. That's a different kind of nervous because you only have a certain amount of time to give it your all. And I think going on stage is a different kind of nervous as well right. because you're going to be a different person up there. I found myself always getting nervous for my solo but for the actual oh. acting, I think that was kind of just switched into a different person. So it wasn't me up there. It was someone else. Like the ultimate solo act? Yeah, like a singing solo was oh. probably the scariest. Oh, my God. I couldn't. I don't know. I'm not ready for that. <laughs> I can't remember all the words to anything, you know? You do to your songs. Yeah, to your like, favorite songs. Yeah, like songs that were recorded 20 years ago or something i finally remember them <laughs> i remember the chorus or whatever that middle piece is mm -hmm. you know? i remember that part anyways before we keep going here i forgot we're on a radio show michaela mm -hmm. so i've always wondered what your perspective was as as a younger pomo person like you're almost like me you know you're like the little me and i've I've always had such a huge perspective because I was raised by my great-grandmother, Angelina Campbell, and my mother, um, Priscilla Hunter, but also my grandmother, um, Delma Eiley. But the ones that had major influence on me was my great-grandmother and my mother. And I think we align on that same path. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was closest with my great-grandma, Pauline. I saw mm -hmm. her every single day. I called her every single night before I went to bed until she passed. Um, so as a young person hanging out with a older lady was quite interesting. Your great-grandmother. Yes, my great-grandmother. Um, and so it was interesting to hang out with an older person. We watched soaps, and she taught me how to be a person, which was a crazy thing. And I lived with... or I stayed with her on her ranch, which is what we call it, Yokea Rancheria. And I got to watch her be a tribal leader. I went to the courthouse with her. I helped her with her taxes. She showed me the meetings that we had to lead. So that was a really interesting thing to see her. She wasn't elected. She kind of just took it upon herself to keep the tribe afloat. Right. Right, you know. And so to set the stage a little bit, her... Me and her mother, Michaela's mother and myself, we worked full time. 
And so it's custom, you know, it's probably custom for everybody, to be honest, but mm-hmm. our uh, grandparents and great-grandparents would help, you know, so they'd watch them during the day. So every single day I had, you had the opportunity and I had the opportunity to watch and learn um, an elderly woman, tribal leader woman, really strong in her culture, knows her language, knows how to make her acorn mush. This, I mean, very rooted person raise my daughter. And that was so cool to watch because she was so wise and stern. Mm-hmm. Stern. Tell them the time you tried to crawl, crawl out the window. <laughs> I knew you were going to bring favorite. this up. Dude. Um, I was very little, um, and I wanted to go to my Aunt Alice's house. She lived next door, and she told me no. I was very little. Let me say that again. So like, I, how old? How old I was probably think? like four, five. Yeah. And I tried to crawl out her window, and she caught me as she came back into the room, and she whipped me. <laughs> and then she cried for an hour because she had to whip me. <clears throat> And she never, ever wanted to do that. And that was probably the, one of the only times she had whipped me in my life. Mm-hmm. I also didn't want to make her sad. And I realized how sad that made her. So after that, I made sure not to do anything like that anymore. Right. Right. And that's why you did it, too. Mm-hmm. It was just her love. Her love. She did not want to have to do that. But she had to teach me a lesson that day. I was going to crawl out a window. I, rem- <laughs> I remember thinking that... It really did hurt her more than it hurt you to get to whoopsie. I, I don't I don't think I had that with my mom. I felt <laughs> <laughs> no, I felt that way with my mother. I remember her whooping me. She didn't feel good about it. It didn't. She didn't do it out of anger. She did it out of like, oh man, we gotta line this boy back up real quick, you know. Mm-hmm. But keep in mind, like, I still think that's needed today. You know, a little bit more direction, a little bit more push, a little bit more guidance. What are your thoughts on the younger generation growing up? Is it really needed or is this a world I live in? I would say it's not as needed. Absolutely. I think we're moving on to um, soft parenting, a little more talking, (laughs) a little more talking, a little more explaining um, so that they can, you know, think it out in their little brains and then figure it out for themselves. Yeah, we talk about this. We're in a live experiment all the time. We're pretty open-minded, you and I, and I dig it. So we have the uh, my grandbaby, my granddaughter. So I'm trying to play that grandparent role that I learned from your great-grandmother, my great-grandmother, my mother, you know. So I learned how to do these things. Um, I learned them from women, mm-hmm. always Native American women. I'll tell you that. I haven't learned much from a lot of the Native American men, but the women, those those are my inspiration. Those are the ones that taught me. And so we share that same perspective all the time. What was it like to have a another grandmother being the chairwoman of the Coyote Valley Band of Pomo Indians, similar to your great-grandmother being a tribal leader, the tribal chairwoman, if you would, of, of Yokeo Rancheria, to be honest. Mm-hmm. She did all the paperwork. She did the work. And then you have Priscilla Hunter, as your grandmother what was that like well you got to think of it like you know for others like a president my first president was a woman and i think that makes a difference and it made sense to me of course it would be a matriarchy of course a woman would be our leader and um i always really appreciated that my dad here always referred to his position as a chairperson and made sure to correct those who would try to say chairman he would very kindly say no no Um, my mom always said to say chairperson because she was before him 
You know, it was it was her position and then it was his. So it's just more respectful to say chairperson. But it just showed me that women leadership was normal. It was some right. some people would think better, but it was just a normalized thing that anyone could have a leadership position, which never I never questioned outside of native politics. Wow. That's so real. Mm-hmm. I think that was with me too because like great grand around the household we have our Aunt Susie who's still with us, and she ran the household. And then you go all the way down, you know, to my mother. So it's always been women leadership. My Aunt Doris, who was the chairwoman for a very long time, for many, many, many years. Yeah, it's always been Poma women. Mm-hmm. They're awesome. Yeah, you guys are pretty awesome. I really enjoy your perspective because it helps me become... Not only a better father, but also a better grandparent, you know, because that's I'm trying to learn how to be the best grandparent I can be. And knowing what your perspective is on how I'm doing is important. And I appreciate that. I don't know if I ever told you that. Mm, Good. Yeah, it's pretty it's it's a unique situation, unique situation that we have. You know, Mm -hmm. we're only two percent of the population being Native American. So when we talk about our leadership it's instead on our own world. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've always been the only native in the room my whole life going into college. And so it was always kind of my perspective was the answer. And I had to speak for all Native Americans, which I never felt comfortable doing. And I had to make a lot of disclaimers that this was just my tribe. But it was um, a completely different experience to have people who had no idea about our world. Right. When people would ask me questions, it's in a it's in a format that I don't it doesn't make sense to me. And uh, Alicia, just to add you in on this, so when we first started our radio show, you would you were pretty good at asking um, questions that people knew the que- that you were, what the question was. But for me, I still didn't. And it was so hard because I had to go, how do I zero that question, which people think is a specific question, to where it's so broad and I have to make that my own my own question at the same time not not answer your question, you know? And so I started getting really good at that, understanding that position. But it took me till I was about forty and she's doing it at what are you, twenty four? I am. No, it's a good guess. <laughs> She's 24. Yeah. <laughs> I think I might have asked that question just the other day. That's why I remembered it, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So having two great-grandmothers. No, wait. Great-grandmother Pauline and grandmother hmm. PCC. We do this all day. All day. Because remember, our roots go back to before anybody was here. So, like, we talk about our great-grandmother's mother. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right. Is that, can you explain a little bit about that? Yeah. Also, um, I think it's, you know, to know that I call her my grandma. Right. I don't, I don't use great grandma. She liked when I did once in a while, you know, she would confirm with me, you know, I'm your great grandma. Say yes, but she was my grandma. Um, but she would tell me about her mom. I know, you know, and that goes back pretty far. My great, great, what grandma. And so it's pretty interesting that. You know, she has no idea or she would have no idea that her great great granddaughter would be hearing stories and still know of her. 
Right. Did when so your great grandmother mm-hmm. would tell you stories of her mother? Mm-hmm. Did she tell you story? What was the story? Um, she would tell me a lot about how she spoke. Um, how she told her how much she loved her. That was an important thing. She yeah. would tell me. I think one of my um, things that has stuck with me is that she said that when she passed away, her grandma or her mom, she was sad, but she didn't carry that sadness around too long because she had no regrets from when she was um, on the earth. She did everything. She spent time with her. She told her she loved her. She really had a life with her mom and that she felt that some of her siblings did maybe hold some regret for not being around as often. And so when she passed, I knew that I would have no regrets as well Wow! because I spent all of the time I wanted to with my great grandma. Right. Every day. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, um, I still mourn her loss, but I have zero regrets for the relationship that we had. Right. And that was something that she would tell me often, even sometimes to prepare her for yes. one day her death. She said that, you know, um, you won't feel that way. And that's important. So make sure to spend as much time with me as you feel you need to. Wow. I've been taught the same, mm-hmm. you know, from, uh, from more my mom. And she would tell me that you have to, as an elder, as an older person, you have to prepare your your children and um and unfortunately people weren't being prepared and that hurt her a lot because she was prepared mm-hmm. so it was a very very different uh teaching maybe you know i think because we live on well you and i were talking about it michaela mm-hmm. just a re, you know a reservation is very unique what, what were you how are you putting it I said there's no, really not that many places, you know, where everyone and their extended family and their family is living on the same plot of land together in a community. Um, and then some of them are also leading others and making decisions for a tribe. And you're working and you're living and you're coexisting with your family, your cousins, their cousins, and everyone is just on the same piece of land, which is so very unique and a, it's a, a pretty wild thing to navigate. I think. Right. And that's just all I've known my whole life. Mm-hmm. And when you said that the other day, I was like, wow. And I just go back to the we're 2%. We are the 2% that's still here on this on this earth. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, you know, for reals, we're the 2%. That it's, so I've always grown up knowing how proud I was. Were you proud to be Native American in high school? No, no, no. I was embarrassed for most of my life. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I... I didn't grow up on the reservation, um, and so I was considered white growing up, um, and I felt that I was sometimes expelled from being Native because the Native people thought I was white, so that's all I could be. I felt that, okay, fine, I guess that's who I am. And then my friends who were not Native, you know, would see a picture of me in my regalia and make jokes about it. Not bullying, but make jokes. So I thought it was an embarrassing thing. And now that same picture that they make fun of, I share every year because it's one of my favorites. I don't have too many pictures in my regalia. So I do really like those. But 10 years ago, you know, 15 years ago, I was embarrassed because it was seen as weird. It was seen as other. But now I'm after college, I'm starting to be able to um, be very proud, very proud of who I am. And my friends now think it's the most interesting thing ever they love to hear about my culture and it's exciting but it's also different to be able to um share it with pride right 
Well, so it's, it goes in waves. It's, it goes in waves. It, mm-hmm. You know, um, I remember when I grew up, there was a lot of bad things happening. So this county really hated Native Americans, like a lot. Like, mm-hmm. um, I remember uh, a situation at the reservation when Polly Class's murder was found on our reservation. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind, we tried to turn the murderer dude in, but we had no clue he was a murderer. We've been trying to get him off our reservation for like five years because his whole family was squatting at that time. Mm-hmm. And we didn't want him there. My mother was the administrator trying to get him off, right? Mm-hmm. And when the community found out what they heard was because the media wasn't friends to us but what they heard was we were what, what do you say that when you're when you're housing a uh, murderer mm-hmm. i forget what they say harboring yeah harboring and so i remember um my my i remember one of our council members going down to the superette coming out and they tried to jump him yeah, it was like that. And he whipped them both up, just so you know. Just to let you know, community, <laughs> we can hold our own. But yeah, he whipped them both up, and there was a sheriff standing there, or sitting there, and drove off. <clears throat> yeah, but those were back in those days. Right. It's a long time ago. It was a really racist county. and But when we grew up, we were athletes uh, in the school. So I think... And I had some big cousins and big family, like Ricky. He was huge, you know. I got my cousin Craig. I got all my crew. So they, I think I was able to avoid the the uh, the mean stuff, I think, because maybe we're a little bit more feared, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. But Do I've always wondered. that your pride stemmed, you know, from sometimes, um, like, you felt kind of, like, protective of your tribe that you had to be prideful to show them that you weren't embarrassed that this was something that was to be proud of yeah my first moment my first i brought a uh his name was kevin this uh white boy to the reservation and my great grandma would go go white boy white boy she would call him white boy but remember she called me boy and, the, and I was with her grandkid, yeah. And so she was just say white boy. She called it for what it was. Mm-hmm. Not, not, nothing. She didn't mean anything by it. But uh, we lived in a little trailer, me and your grandma. And my friend goes, you guys live in this? And I was like, yeah. I was in sixth grade, I think seventh grade. I don't know. Oh. And sixth grade, before the housing was out there. And he says, oh, your dad must buy you all those clothes. And I said, you must be right, bro. And I told myself that. <clears throat> and uh, one day I said to your grandma, I said, I said, you know what? My dad gets me all these clothes anyway. And she said, what'd you say? What did you say? And that was that one. No, you better know who works for this. I do mm-hmm. this for you, son. You better have never think twice. And she let me know. And it was that point when I went, nah, dude, my mom did this, bro. You know, so seventh, eighth, you fought to be, and, and you use your hands too, and you fought to be recognized for being Native American. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was tough, but I had some tough cousins to support me. That always helps. Mm-hmm. We talk about that, about how I grew up in a world where people use their hands a lot with each other and fought a lot, and how you've never seen a fight, and I was so what. Can you explain on maybe the perspective you come from and when you hear me talk on those kind of matters? Well, like I said earlier, I was considered to be white, so all of my friends were definitely not fighting. Um, But I also don't 
no, I don't think the native kids were fighting at school either. They really kept to themselves at um, two of the little um, tables on the side. They kept to themselves. But it just doesn't seem like a fight or flight type of life anymore. Um, I feel like people are kind of maybe in their own lanes now, not so much um, in other people's lives where they feel like they need to fight to be heard or fight to make a point. Um, I think that we're kind of moving forward from that, or at least I hope so. I hope that we're getting to a place where we can talk more instead of fighting. It seems like communication is definitely um, evolving. You know, I wanted to believe that until Trump won. I'm not going to lie. I didn't mean to go there with anybody. But what were your thoughts when Trump won then? Because in my mind, I was believing what you said. Mm-hmm. But then when I seen Trump won, I seen how, how a lot of those people treat um, other other minorities. I was like, oh, hell no. Hell no, bro. You're the same people that I grew up with in high school. And I know. I know who you are. What did that change your mind any or? Well, I'm not sure. I, you know, obviously I don't know specifically the demographic, but I still think you're referring to the people that are your age that yeah, are acting like that. You're probably right. So you're telling me your crew isn't acting like that? No, I don't think so. No, like I said, I've never seen a fight. Um, it wow. just wasn't on the daily. Those Facebook algorithms. <laughs> <laughs> They just have me thinking my world is still bad. <laughs> You're telling me the world's gotten better. Is the world getting better, Michaela? Um, through my lens, um, from my generation, I, I think so. Mm. I think, oh, I know we're kinder. Really? Yeah. In which absolutely. way? Um, we're not saying as much um, just mean things to each other. I think I we think about how words affect each other a lot more. We also have the language to be able to describe our feelings and to describe the things that we're going through it's to a point where now it's um, just a little easier to navigate through feelings. Right. Right. You guys use your words. Mm-hmm. We have the words. We have the language, you know, um, and we we also have access to a lot of help where i feel like you guys didn't as much you know therapy is a normal thing now talking about mental health a, a normal thing right now talking about trauma things like that we really i think dive deep a little bit more you know i was hanging out with uh while well, i was just around the same event and my couple of my cousins were there this um alex young young native boy my uh, my uncle's grandson See, we start doing that in Indian country, you know. And then I had, you know, a couple of my, anyway, younger cousins, and they're about your age. No, maybe a little bit. Are they your age? I think they're a little younger. A little younger. A couple, three years maybe? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so 24. They probably just turned 21. Yeah, I see them at the, at the casino hanging out, you know. So they're probably 21 now, I imagine. Mm-hmm. I hope so. And so <clears throat> I was listening to them talk to each other, and they were so cool and kind. And I was like... How, how did the where did this how did this happen when did this change happen and i was like oh you were raised by your moms and their moms are teaching and they're telling their children how to talk how to communicate with each other how to because i've seen it my mom did that with me so now i'm recognizing oh the pattern oh the pattern's here the pattern's here and i see the break in your age so i believe you mm-hmm I'm hopeful. 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 You you bring me hope. We have I have grandbabies now and we just hung out all weekend with Courtney our the oldest grandbaby. What is that like being the auntie? Oh, it's been very fun. Um 
Um, for those who don't know, I live in Florida right yes. now, so I only get to see everyone about twice a year. And so I just had my second time hanging out with my niece. Um, my first was in Tahoe for our family vacation, and we really connected there. And I could see that I was now coming into an auntie role, which I think suits me very well. And now I can be the fun, cool auntie who gets to come in and make jokes and dance with her. And I'm excited now as I'm older. I said this last night. Didn't care too much about her when I was 18. But now that I'm 24, right. I'm excited to teach her and to watch her grow and to see her figure things out in her in her brain and and lead her and guide her in any way that I can in a positive way. Um, like you said, hopeful. A lot of hopefulness when I see her. Oh, wow. Yeah, me too. Um, I could just visualize as you're talking the moments where she is learning from you. So as you say, you're teaching and you guys are experiencing things together. I'm the third, we talked that a little bit, the third eye, you know, that is one of them where you're able to see something for what's happening in front of you right now. And you know your teachings help do that. And you're recognizing it, witnessing it. And then you start to believe as a grandfather going, oh man, I'm doing it. I'm teaching. I'm becoming, mm -hmm. I'm becoming those, the women that, you know, I'm, be, I'm learning from them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And being a native leader, you have to not just see the future of your grandkid, but see the future of our culture in her hands. And hopefully that when she's older, she's still fighting the good fight, but also hopefully le leading a better life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, we take her to the roundhouse. Mm -hmm. COVID good. slowed us down, but we're we're committed on making sure that's a regular part of her life. You know, we go to Point Arena. Um, we, tr we were doing at least once a year, if not twice, and one in April, one in December. So I think, yeah, I feel good about it. I feel uh, I feel really good about it, especially after hanging out with the two young men because they were so kind, three of them. They're, they're so kind and good to each other. And I heard my older cousin talking and teasing, and I was like, that's not even funny anymore. You know, that's not even funny anymore. Mm -hmm. Like. Why are, you, why are you even talking like that, to be honest, you know? And I found him more funny. That's the crazy part of it all. I was like, but you're still funnier than everybody else, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what did they do to me? What did my... Yeah, it's like a... Uh, you lived you know, in a different world. Different world where you had older cousins that were your older brothers, period. Like, you didn't, <clears throat> didn't matter whether you had brothers or sisters. You, your older cousins were your brothers and sisters as well. You know, and but I'll tell you this: nobody else messed with us. So you know, we could amongst each other, but nobody else did. So I've always maybe that's part of where I felt, you know, proud too. Is like we're two percent of this population. We're like I always I think we're like nine percent, ten percent of California, but I think we're like we're we're higher than ten percent in Mendocino County, Lake, and Sonoma, because this is where the most tribes are in California. 23 Pomo tribes. Wow. So, yeah. So I've always seen a lot of other natives where I bet you if you go into different reservations where they may not. Mm -hmm. You know, it might be a whole different outlook. to the, or It has to be, right? Yeah, and we get to see a lot of different tribes as well. Right. Like, growing up, I've seen a lot of different tribes just along California. Right, right. And they're so vastly different. I know, so complex, mm -hmm. so complex. You know, I uh, 
when me and Michaela started college around the same time, and you inspired me, um, along with my couple other cousins too. And Viva was one of the, my main inspirations, and I was telling myself, how how do I set an example? How am I going to you know really really push education amongst amongst our tribe and not be a graduate? And so you going, I was like, man, I'm, I'm going to join this path with you. And that was so much fun for me. And we shared this class, Native American Studies. And, and uh, Michaela, you would come back and you said, man, I can't, I hate this class, dude. They don't even teach anything. And you could t- elaborate on that. But I remember I was like, just get the easy A, bro. Just get the easy <laughs> A, you know. Then the third semester, I was over it, too. But what what was happening to you? This is that we were on the same exact path. Just twenty years later, twenty plus years later, you graduated a semester before me. I graduated a semester after you. We're taking the same teachers. <laughs> you know what was yeah. what was that like? My teacher was snitching on me to you. Matter of fact, when I didn't go to class one day, my dad had to hear about it because that was also his teacher pretty uncool that's i didn't even look at that yeah i was like yeah good good work teacher tell me (laughs) um but it was it was weird i think anyone could imagine taking a class about your culture getting graded on it was weird it didn't feel you know my 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 lecture was native but my actual teacher who was giving you know discussions and giving me homework wasn't native and sometimes i felt like my voice and my thoughts were being heard more, like I was the teacher in this class. But I just felt like none of the material was what it needed to be. It wasn't to the par that it needed to be. Uh, I felt that it was also generalized a lot, like, yeah. we, like we touched on. Each tribe is so, so different. And they wanted to teach it as if all natives do this, all right. natives do that. It wasn't interesting for me. The topics they were talking on weren't interesting to me. Not relevant. I'm mean, like... I was like, you're, you're, you're a Sonoma state. You're, there's 23 Pomo tribes, bro. And you're teaching them about one book about one person, which was a great book and a great person. But in my mind, I'm like, that alone tells you teacher, professor, I know more than you. Mm -hmm. You only know this book. You're kidding me. And then the books about others, you know, most of the books are about out of state Indians. And that's where I went, dude, I'm back in high school. Mm-hmm. I remember a teacher in high school saying, and he's a good teacher. I liked him. We were, it was on TV or something. He would do news in the morning or something. And there's a Native American issue. And he asked me, he says, he says, Michael, would you like to speak on this? And I was like, ah, to me, I didn't, there wasn't much TV back then or internet, you know? So to me, the Native American, the only similarity we had is we both went through some hard times and they are on a reservation too. But I know nothing about the man's culture. Mm-hmm. You know, ask me about mine, bro. And, yeah. and, and I had a dilemma. Do you, did you get any of those in college or um, high school? Well, in high school, I will, um, a story that does stick out to me quite often is my teacher was going on and on about Native Americans saying that they do this, they do that. And I raised my hand and I said, well, my tribe doesn't. He said, oh, are you Native American then? I said, yeah. And he goes, you you know? And he fought me in front of the class (laughs) about if my family members do this specific um, uh, cultural dance. And I said, well, there's a lot of tribes just in our area, sir. 
And he just brushed me off like I had no input, like I didn't go to, you know, um, NIGA conferences and literally meet people from all over the state, all over Arizona, and be able to say that each and every one of us is so different. They didn't want to hear that. That wasn't easy enough for them. Right. That wasn't easy enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, start with a map of California with the tribes on it. That's more impact than one person's right. story. I, I mean, at least to start off to get the uh, set the stage a little bit. Right. The curriculum is whack. Mm-hmm. It's like I create because of that situation. Me and Stephanie, we created visitcaliforniatribes.com because I wanted the professors to know the tribes in their area. But not only here, but everywhere. Mm-hmm. And so I went and did that, you know, and I wanted to make sure. And I remember being excited about it. And I don't remember my professor being too excited about it. It's like, oh, thank you. And I'm like, bro, I just created the best curriculum for you on a website. And you never had to do anything but click. Now you're telling me, oh, just thank you, bro. How about some extra credit? That's what I was thinking. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I was like, that's my final. Who creates websites? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's the first one ever made for... For tribes like that, it includes all the all the hundred and nine rec- recognized tribes. I don't know. I was. It didn't motivate me, you know. Well, it's all about raising native voices. That's very important, and that is something that the younger generation is trying to emphasize. Is we can talk about it, we can learn about it, but let's listen to the natives speak about it. Listen to some native voices, and that's I think very important. They should talk to us right. <laughs> when deciding. The curriculum. The I'm professor did a poll because I disagreed with her. I disagreed with her that, <clears throat> excuse me, I disagreed with her that the media that she is showing has relevance to today enough to where I should be spending this much time and energy on Money it. Money as well. Money, yeah. And I was just like, I don't know. And she disagreed. I disagreed and I was cool about it. Mm-hmm. She came in the next week. And did a big speech. <clears throat> excuse me. And did a big speech, and said, "This is why media is important to Indian country." Would you do me? She goes, "Don't you guys think that media is important in Indian country?" Raise your hand. And we raised. They raised their hands. I was like, "You sellouts!" Even my buddies were looking at me, going, "Bro, I got to raise my hand, man." You know, it is what it is, dude. I need the grade, you know. And I'm looking at it, I go, "I know." I gave him the pass, you know. And I was just like, "Wow, teacher." Hmm. Well, I do think it's important to those who aren't living it. That's the only way that they can access it is through media. For you, you wanted your daily struggles and the actual struggles that natives were going through to be prevalent as well. Like you said, getting. Um, grants and building communities and things like that but for because you are going to school with 19 year olds you know they're not only, here i'll say they're oh, all about right. 30 okay this might seem like single parents i think it's more accessible to get it through media we just need some better media right right i was just like yeah and i wasn't saying media i was saying your media lady mm. the media you're showing you're showing a video that has no sound you know that far ago you know and i'm just like that that's, can't be relevant in any discussion, you know, yeah. other than theater somewhere. Mm-hmm. That has to be a very small a niche. media class. Right. Come on. On how it evolved, not how for not for my culture. <laughs> Anywho, so that was one of the paths we were on. We, we still go on those riffs, huh? Mm-hmm. I enjoy those. I really do because it's rare when the son and the daughter get to 
get on the same path. Dad and daughter. The son and the daughter. I feel like I'm getting younger. I thought I was getting younger. I'm the dad and the grandpa. I'm all over the place today. You know, but going back to that one class, mm-hmm. I said, I said, if, if I speak, can I go up to the front of the class? And she's all, sure. So I go up to the front of the class and I said, how many dual citizens are in this class? And it was me and Sonny, your uncle. Mm-hmm. And I and we both raised our hands. I said, but yet you did a poll amongst the whole class. And there's only two dual citizens in this class. And you did a poll. And it was like 34 to 2. In your own poll, you discriminated against us. You, you, you wanted to feel like you, your, your curriculum was relevant to where the two Indians in this class are not because of your poll. We're 2% of the population. We're never going to win a poll. But yet, the topic's about Indians. It's mm-hmm. about Native Americans. And we can't, even, we can't even participate in the vote on what we want you to learn about us. And I was about as far as I got on that. That didn't go too well, to be honest. It's hard. But, I mean, God, to just keep your ears open. I think that those people in your class probably loved every time you raised your hand they did except about five Mm. i could tell they got snotty yeah substance not just a book but real people who exist today and not just in the past and but are really living amongst us today going through repercussions of the things they're learning about from hundreds of years ago right and they they couldn't they couldn't they weren't okay with another student knowing more than their professor and that's when i just got quiet and i knew like ah you you would i mean i'm the tribal chairman of coyote valley raised on a reservation by a tribal chairwoman you know i mean come on i have a little insight you know couldn't even get any words in over there I should have took that class over. I felt like I, every time I talked, I had the floor, all oh, really? eyes on me. Oh, Absolutely. I had it, but nobody cared. I think everyone. I hope maybe that was just me, but it <laughs> seemed that. <laughs> you were carrying the stage. You're like, yes, and then. Mm-hmm. I also didn't speak unless I really felt, <clears throat> excuse me, like I really felt that I needed to. Like I, I wasn't just speaking to speak. I felt like I have to correct this mm. narrative. I need to um, put my and perspective in it. Yeah, to I tell me so. story. Um, one of the more interesting conversations I had was with another Native woman in my class. Um, and we had a conversation, you know, kind of to each other, but really to the class about um, getting money when you're 18. And I think that mm. was very interesting to everyone else to hear two perspectives. Her tribe doesn't give her money at 18. Right. And mine do. And we had kind of an, not an argument, but, you know, um, for lack of a better word, an argument about about it and not only did they listen but they had no idea there's there's no um part on the curriculum about 18 money but that's a big part of our lives right and it was interesting to hear her point of view from someone who doesn't get it right and what Michaela's talking about the money mm-hmm. isn't from the government people think that they the government just gives all these indians money or something and we have this trust account it's not true we have a casino, we have a gas station, and so we put money in the trust for our children. So when they turn 18, when they graduate and have to graduate, or if they don't, they get it later on in their age. But our goal is to get them out into Florida, like mm-hmm. she did, get our children out to have a fighting chance, you know? Because remember, the land was taken from us. 
So you had the Settlers Act, what, like 1905? It's not that long ago. That's my great grand stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. And you got hundreds of acres for free. You know what I mean? Like, it was our land. It was ours. You know, you took it from us, and now you put us in, in areas that weren't as cool. Mm-hmm. And now we're like, we have we have to fight to get out of that, you know, that mm-hmm. where they put us, you know? And that was just recent. So, like, in 1957, you terminated my tribe. Mendocino County, Sonoma, they terminated my tribe, Coyote Valley, from Lake Mendocino, right? So, those things still, still, like exist because I've heard my great gram talk about them. I heard my grandmother talk about them. I heard my mother talk about them. She was raised on that reservation, you mm-hmm. know? So it's like, it, it was all happening to my eyes. I didn't need to be taught. I was watching it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I'm still confused on a lot of that, to be honest with you. It's fun when we talk about it. I can see that, but it was definitely a never forget that this was our, this is where our tribe originated. Right. I knew at a young age that that was our original home. Right. When I saw the lake, I thought, whoa, my people lived here. Right. Right. Your great gram. Mm-hmm. Right. Not our ancestors. You right. Know. Absolutely. Like, what is this about? So I never got anything from from the Native American classes I took there. I, I've, I, I think the one thing I walked away with was learning a lot of different people's perspectives on Native Americans. So the students I found very, very interesting. Is that kind of that conversation you had with another, the other Native American woman? Was, was that more interesting than the actual curriculum? Or I'd say that's one of the only things I remember mm. from that class. Absolutely. Wow. <clears throat> well, yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. I, I felt like I had, like, everybody gave me their attention, but the topics were so unimportant, not 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 necessary, but unimportant, that I really didn't have any depth in them. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know what to say. Half the, half the time, I kind of made a lot of stuff. But I'd quote my own self in, the, in my letters, and she would say, she would come back to me and say, you can't, you're not supposed to quote yourself. I said, I did, and I quoted the tribal chairman of Coyote Valley. Because I was passing the laws that, you know, our council, our full council, you know, we're passing the laws that I'm writing about. So I thought, I'll quote myself then, bro. <laughs> I still got A's on all my papers. Mm-hmm. She knew I took a stand if I didn't get my A's, you know? But <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Two different experiences, two different paths, tw- 24 years later, that's you. And I feel like you're, you're ahead of me because you're already out in Florida. What's it like, dude? Like our, like the red, we don't leave our homelands. Well, I don't, a lot of people do. I shouldn't say we, but my family, we don't. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we, that's it. When Michaela went, oh, oh my God, it was so stressful. <laughs> and we all stood strong and played it off, you know? Mm-hmm. What, what was it like? No, well, I guess you had a good start with college because you went to Sonoma State. Mm-hmm. So you had a, a, a bigger break than I was thinking, maybe? I always knew I would move out. Right. Of Ukiah. Um, my aunt Tiara, she lived in Sacramento and she would always come back and we would be able to go visit her and she would always make jokes about that she was so glad she got out and I knew uh, I would be the next one. I was like, well, I will too. I will absolutely get out. So when I'm, um, I originally lived in Florida for an internship, um, a few years before I moved, two years before I officially moved to Florida. How old were you? Um, I was 19. When I first moved to Florida and, um, I knew I could never come back to live. I knew that was not possible. Don't break my heart, please. (laughs) 
I knew that the I, holidays. I knew I could move back to Cal. I knew I wanted to move back to California because I think it's one of the best places in the country, if yes. not the best place in the country. But I really liked having my own story, my own life and creating a, a whole life for myself. And for me, because I have some anxiety, it was easier to do that around strangers mm. than closer to home. But it was it was easy for me. I always knew that I would I would leave. So it was just a means of when just doing it, just getting in the car and driving across the country. Like you said, college. I always knew I was gonna go to college. I always knew it wasn't a if it right. was a when. It was an absolute right. that I would go to college. Right. And that was an agreement. It wasn't like it was a directive from us. That was an agreement we've just had growing up together, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. There's an expectation we path. all shared. Absolutely an expectation. Right. I really liked that. I really liked that we had a common goal. Mm-hmm. You know, that was that was good. And we succeeded that common goal, you know. So now I always tell Michaela, don't think of that anxiety. And we're still trying to discover what our anxiety is, right? Mm-hmm. We talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have fun talking about it. And and I was saying, you know, I don't know if that anxiety is anything other than we're doing stuff we haven't seen anybody do. So it's our first time and everybody has anxiety doing. Mm-hmm. Well, most people have a lot of anxiety doing the, the first thing without seeing somebody else do it. It's like jumping in the pool without swimming, without knowing how to swim. Mm-hmm. Well, you know? one time you said to me, that I think it was right after, kind of right after college, you said, now I'm at the point where you and mom didn't get this far. Right. Like you and mom have led me up to this and had the advice and knew what to tell me up until now. And now it was my time to continue and do stuff that you guys hadn't done before. Right. So I knew that I couldn't put too much pressure on myself. Um, but I knew that I had the support, huge huge support moving across the country needs huge support a lot of help um but i knew that it was kind of just um unclear the path wasn't written anymore for Mm. me Mm. even how to be the next day when you wake up Mm -hmm. like i never lived in florida how do you wake up being in a different state Mm -hmm. and also learning about i i want to move a lot so learning about what it takes to move even the logistics of moving is um the cost the the this the that just the logistics of moving was something that i take pride in knowing now did your mom help you with that the most yeah definitely we talk a lot of things out um and figure it out and I still, she loves it. Um, you know, from college to now, I still call her up. I'm like, "Mommy, how do I cook this? Or how yeah. do I boil this? Or yeah, you guys are what best do friends. I? Yes, we're best friends. How do I um, send in this W two? Right. And she loves um, helping me because she knew how to do that at my age. Yeah. You know, you guys knew how uh, to well, be adults. Well, she did, dude. She went to college. She went to mm-hmm. Chico, so she learned how to get apartments. How you go through the application mm-hmm. process. I never did any of that. So it was different. It, it was, it's a skill I didn't have. She had like 10 apartments or something crazy, just so many apartments. Right. So she was telling me all about deposits, all about everything, roommates. Right. And so she had some experience in that yeah. department for sure. I always felt like she was a year ahead. So like she knew you had to go to the dorms because that was the first year, right? Mm-hmm. The first year everybody goes to the dorms. I yeah. Think. And then the second year, so she's already thinking about, okay, where is she staying the second year, mm-hmm. right? Then the third. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I always appreciated her. Your mom's pretty awesome. She is. And she's a full-blooded Pomo woman. Mm-hmm. But she lived more... Wow, man. Tracy's tough. She's tough. She figured it out. She figured out how to really enjoy high school to to the best she could enjoy it. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on her in high school? I know you always looked up to her in high school because she had a fun life. We had the exact same life until I went to Sonoma State. I always thought I, I was going to go to Chico. That's just where I thought I was going to go. Um, but my path la- led me to Sonoma, which kind of broke that. I mean, we lived the exact same life up until then. If I went to Chico, it would have continued. But I kind of broke away from that. <laughs> I'm so glad you didn't go to Chico. That's that's the part of the life where I joined in. I was like, yeah, I'm glad you guys didn't do that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, she um, she's a very extra person. And that's what I take a lot from her. She loves to have fun. She loves to be the happiest she can be and have the most fun that she can possibly have. And I think that's... Absolutely what I take from her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she has three three other beautiful children, and I see her. She does the exact same with them, huh? Mm-hmm. Same haircut. Same fun. Yeah. Same everything. <laughs> <laughs> She's just like living through them. It's like mm-hmm. they're her, her, all her best friends, and they're going to do whatever they want to do mm-hmm. together, huh? It's like she finally found her all the friends that want to do what she wants to do. <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah, she raised us to be her besties. Yeah. <laughs> that is so great. I remember when you guys would go to all the concerts. Remember, I had to work, so somebody had to pay for those concerts. But I don't know if I would have... I wouldn't have vibed like that. That's kind of hardcore, you know? I mean... Just so you guys know, he's referring to the Jonas Brothers. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if I could. I don't know if I could have went to a Jonas Brothers concert. You know. Yeah, she is Joe's biggest fan. Yes, they. I would. I heard them sing the same songs together. Mm-hmm. I'm like, whoa! You two actually have favorite songs together. What is this? I always remember just a fun little anecdote when we went to a One Direction concert. We were lucky enough to be in the third row, and she made friends with a girl in front of us, even probably younger than me. And they said that "Little Things" was their favorite One Direction song. And when it turned on, they when it came on, they turned to each other and they grabbed each other and they screamed <laughs> and they went "Little Things," and then they sang it together. Right. It was so sweet because. Because she had, I mean, she's my best friend. Right. We had um, the same t- taste of music. Same taste. Same, well, I, I, At least in my eyes. I think you had the same taste as her. Because mm-hmm. I think she took you to all her parties. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. Like we were referring to the Brat Pack. Right. Still some of my favorite movies of all time is um, Pretty in Pink and uh, Can't, Buy, Can't Buy Me Love. One of those movies, um, Breakfast Club, you wanted to have for your for the theme for your graduation is that what it was it was our um senior song senior don't song. forget about me right that would been so great and i remember your mom going you got to go to the parents teacher deal and i go whoa she said, we're gonna vote <laughs> what we're gonna vote and i'm like vote on what what do you mean we're gonna vote she's like, we're voting on the seat <laughs> on the senior song we're gonna get there and vote on senior. i'm like bro so she drags me out there we show up and we're sitting there, and she's all, okay, you ready? And um, and someone would say something. She goes, well, I don't know. I think this is the better song because and someone else would talk about another song. And there's the two parents, and she's one of them. And they would go back and forth trying to convince us on why we should vote on their song. And we lost, huh? And I'm no, not going to. We won? We won? Mm-hmm. Okay. She, I couldn't that remember still that. Our song. Like, yep. Okay. Right on. So we won. Mm-hmm. All right. I feel we better. Won. That story was not holding over well for me for the longest time. Thank you for clearing that up. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she. um. You know, high, when you're in high school, high school is your life. 
everything seems so big and she validated all of that for me wow and, um now looking back i i have so much perspective that it wasn't that important but at the time it was that important and she knew that that to be yeah. true so she made sure to listen to me and make you know the things that were a big deal she wanted to let me know that she thought so as well she taught she taught me how to be a better father too you know she taught me how to be more understanding and in my world you were trained to be to be what you needed to become in your world it was nurtured and taught and so I learned that and I was like wow that's pretty good Tracy you know keep going I'm buying in yeah whatever you got going on you know so I was always into that team I really enjoyed the team um, that we had going on there and I and I think I think uh, you know you're you're the result you know the result mm-hmm. of all of us coming together yeah I, and I, rem- I remember grandma PC going you're gonna let her go to Florida and I was like what do you mean it's not let it's not I can't tell her what to do you're gonna let her go to Florida so that's way out there those people are crazy she was like, what are you going to do? And I'm like, well, yeah, it's scary. You know, yeah, I'm nervous, man. Yes. But you never told me that. No. I'd more recently learned, you know, with little snippets of you guys saying stuff like that. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, the other day, um, my mom, you know, just threw it into a conversation. She said, well, I don't want you out there that much, but I want you to have fun. Yes. <laughs> just a little bit, just so that you guys know how much, um, I know that you guys care and that it is a scary thing, but that you guys trust me. Yeah. A lot of trust, I think. A lot of trust. And Luis. Mm-hmm. So we enjoy, I, I did, knowing that you had two good friends going out there. You had really two good friends. So the fact that you guys were going to be able to do it together made me feel, um, made me feel more comfortable. You know, because you could bounce things off each other. What about mm-hmm. this? What about that? Mm-hmm. You know, but your guys' road trip was was probably the maybe the biggest accomplishment of just making that transition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. We got to see um, different communities. Got to see different states. I mean, just I mean, I just felt like we were driving on one road, just passing all these different worlds until wow. we got to our destination. And it was such a learning experience for me that um, I'm so glad. We uh, we did a week and a half to get to Florida. So we stopped in places, um, some places for two days, some places just for one. And that was kind of setting us up for creating a, a life in a way that we were going to live. Wow. Right. That you still haven't lived. Because mm-hmm. that's coming. How fun. Mm-hmm. Man, I, I love that. You know, you're planning for tomorrow, but it hasn't happened. That's a great place to be. That's a great place to be. Proud of you, kid. Thank Love you. you. Love, Love you. Love you. So happy that uh, we got to interview my daughter because she's one of my best friends as well. You know, and I'm, she inspires me. And uh, she lets me know that I inspire her because that's the team. That's mm-hmm. what we do. And today we're going to go out to the Jackson Demonstration State Forest because I want her to see the homeland that we're trying to protect from cal fire logging so it's a no maybe it's a whole new chapter we open together today Mm -hmm. stay tuned stay tuned what do you think alicia i want to go can you go (laughs) i was out there this weekend though you were yeah beautiful that's the work 
we still have to stay purposeful. More time in the things. trees. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Michaela, for coming in. Thank you so much for having me. It's this was great. To hear from you. Thank you. Appreciate you. You're doing great, Alicia. Keep up the good work. Thanks. Appreciate you, too. Yeah. I can see you smiling when we're talking. I love this conversation, you guys. This is just brilliant. Yeah. This is what we do. Yeah. We were waiting to tell the story in front of you, Alicia. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. You're welcome. I don't even know what else to say at this point. I feel good about it. You want to tell everybody what you just did and we'll say goodbye? Well... Yeah, I had a good conversation. Touched on a lot of topics. Touched on a lot of topics. And just to be able to hear your perspective just gives me a lot of new ideas because it helps me understand the future of my tribe a lot better, a lot clearer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. All right, let's go out with a little bit of music. This has been Pomo Perspective on KZYX with your hosts, Michael Hunter and Michaela. Is it? What's your last name, Michaela? Hunter. Michaela Hunter. I'm a hunter. So her real name is Michaela. 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 I'm not saying it right either. But it's Pomo for Thunder. And her great grandmother named her that. All right. Great to hear you. We'll go out with this very special song. This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. KZYX, Philo 90.7 FM. KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah, 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening.